Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. No one wants to think about dying, so much so that, you know, many of us put off, you know, provisions or putting in provisions in place in the event that we do actually pass. But making a will now could save you and your loved ones a lot of heartache in the long term. Making a will, of course, ensures that when you die, your property and other possessions go to the people that you've chosen them to go to. Solicitors often help clients to draw up their wills and act as executors of estates as they are trained and experienced in the legal process involved and tell you what you can and can't do, of course. So joining me on the line is John Costello, a solicitor with Orpen Franks, who specialised, by the way, in, will, in wills and administration of estates and past uh, president of the Law Society. But I want to get your questions. If you have any questions at all that you want me to ask John Costello, who specialises in wills and probate and estates and all that kind of stuff, please text them in now to 87 188 John, good afternoon to you. Niall, good afternoon. Thank you for having me on the programme. It's wonderful to have you on because it's such a complicated part of our life. Even though we're dead, we'll never be around to find out how complicated it is. So it is such a complicated thing. Can any? Is it like the old days? Can I just write down on a piece of paper now uh, I want to leave everything to such and such a body and sign it. And is that valid? Or do I have well, to go to the Well, anyone can make their will, uh, provided it's, it's witnessed by two witnesses. Uh, so uh, just writing down a, a statement of wishes is, isn't legally binding unless there's two witnesses. Um, so, I mean, there, there used to be, uh, you used to be, you used to get in a, in a stationary shop, you used to be able to get a standard will, a homemade will, if you like. Like a template, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I've come across those in the past and half of them have been perfect. The other half have caused problems because the, the intention wasn't clear or wasn't signed properly and he ended up going, going to the high court. So at the end of the day, it's better to go to a solicitor. I mean, a solicitor would charge generally for a simple, straightforward will, 250 euro plus fat, approximately. Now, it would depend on the, the complexity. It can, it can, it, a will can become more expensive if there's complexity involved. But I think the first thing to mention is that if you don't make a will, two-thirds um, of everything you want goes to your spouse or partner and one-third to your children. And that can cause problems, uh, say, with the family home. If the family home was in your sole name, your spouse is only entitled to two-thirds or your partner. Uh, so, mm. it can, and, and similarly, if you had a farm or a business. Well, uh, I, thought, I thought if you were married, everything automatically. So let's say, for example, if I was married, that everything that I own, very little to be honest with you, go, goes straight to the person that you're married to. Is that not the case? Well, it would be the case if there are no children. But uh, oh, okay. obviously most families have children, so it, it's, it's not that simple. But the other reason, uh, really, you should make a win, and this applies to young people who have uh, one or two young children, um, you need guardians uh, to rear your children until they're 18 if uh, b- both parents died. So that's a very important reason for young parents to make wills that they have. And, and the guardians could be gra- grandparents or aunts or uncles. So, you know, people okay. that know the children well. Okay, now, in relation, well, I suppose more recent news, of course, and I'm sure you have some opinion on that, is the threshold for inheritance. Um, The threshold, the government are trying desperately to reduce it so they can make a bit more out of us, aren't it? Yeah. Uh, Currently, the threshold is what? It keeps changing. What was it? It was changed only recently again there. It was upped a little bit. What is the threshold currently? Well, for each child, well, first of all, there's no tax between spouses or partners, so they can inherit hundreds of millions tax-free. Excuse me. (laughs) 
God um, bless you. So, um, but a child can inherit 335,000 tax-free and the balances, anything over that is taxed at That's in a lifetime. That's in a lifetime. In a, in a lifetime. So okay. that if you made a gift of 100,000 to yeah. your child during your lifetime, their threshold is reduced to 235,000. Now, I'd prefer not to get into the, 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 the pros and cons of, uh, of, of that legislation because in fairness, it's only one issue covered in the Commission on Taxation report. And they, the authors say you have, to, you have to look at the report as a whole. So I don't think it's fair to discuss one particular issue without talking about okay. the whole report. I, 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 we, we don't, maybe we could do that another day when we have more yeah. time for it. Okay. So in relation to a will, I mean, a will is meant to be legal, legally binding. In other words, you know... But it mo- is legally binding well, if it's correctly executed. Okay. In most cases, your last wishes will be followed to the letter of the law. But yeah. let's say, for example, I'm married with two kids and yeah. I leave all my million quid to the dogs and cats home. Yeah. Or to me, Auntie Mary, who I haven't seen in years and the family don't even know about. Can I do that? Will, will they have to follow my wishes? Yeah, well, if you, if you make a will uh, and you leave everything, as I uh, say, to, 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 to the cats and dogs home or whoever, um, your spouse is entitled, spouse or partner is entitled to one half of your estate if there are no children or, or one third if there are children. And in addition, then, your children are entitled to challenge your will if they haven't been left an appropriate inheritance. Now, the test is, has the parent failed in their moral duty to make proper provision for their children? So basically what it would mean is that the children would have to have a financial need, number one. And number two, they would have to prove that there are sufficient assets in the estate to give them an appropriate inheritance. So so if a parent passes away, let's say your mom is the only one left alive and she has a house and she has 500 grand in savings in the post office and she has three children and she decides she doesn't like one of the children too much so she gives you know uh, half the money to one child Mm. uh, almost half to the other and gives Mm. you a thousand gives one one of the children only a thousand euro as a piece Mm. a piecemeal officer offer Mm. can that child who only got the thousand take the other two to court well if for example they were a multi-millionaire they wouldn't succeed in any court challenge because they don't have a financial need so they'd, first of all, they'd have to have a financial need. Secondly, they'd have to prove that the parent uh, failed in their moral duty to make proper provision for them. And that would be something for the court to decide. They'd have to look at the, all the family circumstances and how the children were reared and educated. For example, if the child got, got nothing, say they got a third level education and were, had a very good uh, uh, job or a very good, a very successful business and the other children were unemployed, you could, they, they mightn't be able to succeed in the challenge. So it depends on the facts of each case. How successful generally percentage-wise are these cases that are taken where, when you know somebody will contest a will, a child will contest a will, which I assume is the most common type of thing to happen? The cases are settled and a judge will say that, look, he would recommend that the parties try and settle this between themselves. And I have been involved in a number of mediations in these type of disputes and it's they're perfect disputes for mediation where you avoid the costs and expense of going to court because a few days in the high court could cost a hundred thousand euro or more. So, so, wouldn't be, so you're getting, whatever you whatever you're getting, you lose again. Yeah, by going to mediation, you sell, save all that expense, and it, it, it's a much it's it's a much better way okay. of solving the problem. Okay, lots of questions, by the way, coming in from listeners, right? Here's one here from a female listener. She says, in the event that I was to remarry, how can I ensure that the home I own now on my debt will benefit my children and not any new person I would marry? I.e., will he, will he automatically be entitled to everything I own or can I make provision in my will even if I'm predece- predeceased him uh, that my wishes still stand? 
Well, it's quite oh, it's quite common now for people to remarry. And what you can do is, first of all, you can make a new will because marriage revokes a will. So if you had a previous will, you can make a new will uh, to leave it to your uh, children. And you can also do a prenuptial agreement. So I, I've been Are they valid in, in Ireland? Well, let's, they carry a lot of moral weight if, they, if they've been independent legal advice uh, given to both parties and a solicitor has witnessed the, the document. So basically, basically what would happen is that both parties would agree that... They, and also you would also sign a renunciation of succession, succession Act rights so that you, you'd be waiving your rights to a share of each other's estate under the Succession Act, and that's legally binding. So you can have that, that you can have the renunciation of Succession Act rights plus a prenuptial agreement, and uh, that's done in many cases. Okay, hi Niall, I'm separated 15 years now. My mother-in-law died last year. Am I entitled to half of my husband's inheritance or any percentage of it at all? Well, you see, that would be determined by a court, uh, you, 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 you know, because... She separated 15 years, in fairness. Yeah, well, you see, you, you, there'd have to be judicial separation or divorce proceedings taken, and the court would have... Normally, if you receive an inheritance after the divorce or separation, the inheritance might not be taken into account in a subsequent family law case, because yeah. it came after the, the parties had separated. Okay, my mom is a common law partner. She's been with her partner for over 40 years, but he's not made a will. Uh, there is one biological child between them who's in their 30s and another three stepchildren. Where does the partner stand if no will is made? Well, cohabitants have rights if they've been living together after five years. And so in that case, uh, you know, if you, it's called a, a common law spouse in the question, but it, it's, it, technically it's called a cohabitant and they have rights after five years. Now, they don't have the same legal rights as a spouse or partner, but they do have rights to challenge a will if they were disinherited. So they would have legal rights and the court would have to decide on the circumstances of each case as to what uh, the, the claim would merit. Okay, um, I was always great and got on great with my mother over the last 30 or 40 years. Lately, my brother came back on the scene and I've now been isolated from my mother. She's now in her 80s and I believe that she's quite vulnerable and I think that he's just playing on her, living with her at the moment, um, just to get her inheritance. Uh, Is there anything I can do after she passes? Well, it's more it's it's more a family problem than a legal problem. I mean, if if if, if I mean if 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 the mother was being abused or, or there was undue influence or psychological uh, you know influence over her, you know, it may be possible to get a barring order, but I don't think it's that severe. But you but see, let's say she pa- I suppose the point is is if she passed away. And the, well, obviously the daughter, whoever it is, is being isolated from her because well, I mean, of this new guy. The daughter would still have legal rights. Uh, if the mother had left nothing to her under the will, she has legal rights to challenge that will, irrespective of her brother, what he does or doesn't do. But uh, she, she, she may be left an inheritance under the will. I don't know, under the mother's will. I mean, I, I just, think I think she's probably afraid she's going to be left out of it. That's probably what yeah, it but she can still challenge it. She still yeah. has legal rights to challenge the will. All right, another person says, uh, "Hi, Nal. What should we do? Married couple with two young kids uh, to sort out the care of for our kids, just in case something happens to us. Most of our family isn't from Ireland." Well, the main thing, as I say, as, as, as it would be to appoint guardians uh, for the children until they're 18, because the, the guardians, if you like, rear the children, uh, step into the shoes of the parents. 
Now, normally, as I say, it would be grandparents or aunts or uncles. Now, if there are no immediate, if there's no immediate family, I mean, close friends, ideally people that know the children well would be uh, the perfect guardians. OK. Um, sorry, says here. Oh, I'm losing that one there. Sorry, I was just a bit reading you. Uh, can you please ask the sister, can I get a copy of my late mother's will from the solicitor? The family won't really talk to each other. And we all uh, we all would like to know is one brother who lived at home was supposed to be left the house. But my mother's solicitor's days were not entitled, says we're not entitled to a copy to prove so. The executor uh, of the will is my sister. We don't talk. OK, so. Is everybody within the family unit entitled to see the will? Well, first of all, when, when the will is admitted to probate, when the grant of probate issued, the will is lodged in the probate office, and the grant of probate issued, it's a public document, and everyone is entitled to a copy of the will then, or you can get a copy from the probate office. Now, when someone has died, the only person who is legally entitled to a copy of the will is the executor, or, or the person or persons who get the residue of the estate. Who, who, uh, so if you're only a legatee, uh, if you only get a legacy under the will, you're not entitled to a copy of the will. You, you can only get a copy of the will if you get a share of the residue of the estate. So only if you're a beneficiary, essentially. Well, it's, well the main, one of the main beneficiaries, yeah. Right, OK. So you can't get to see it, so you can't find out who got what. Well, uh, uh, if you're an ordinary legacy, say you were left €5,000, you're not entitled to the copy of the will in that situation. All right, OK. Uh, can you take your own probate out? If so, how much does it cost to go through a solicitor? I don't well, understand that one. Well, you can, certainly, you can take your own probate out. And there's a, there's, in fact, the probate office, they have, a, they have a section that helps people to take out probate themselves. If you go to a solicitor, uh, I mean, the fee might be based on the value of the estate or, or on the amount of work involved. But certainly you can negotiate. And it's, it's you know, nowadays, you know, there's so many solicitors that it's quite easy to negotiate a, a reasonable fee, you know. Okay, somebody else says our house went into probate, or my father's house went into probate. It's been over a year and a half. We're now getting to sell the home, but the property value has gone up substantially since the, the, my father's first passing. Does that mean that we have to pay capital gains tax on the, on the value of the property? So, in other words, I suppose the difference at the time of inheritance to the time of sale, do they have to pay a capital gains tax? Unfortunately, the answer may be yes. Um, you see, say you, you put in a date of debt valuation of 500000 and you sell for 600000 a year and a half later, you have to pay capital gains tax at 33% on the €100,000 gain. So even so, if there's been, maybe there's been no will and it's taken a bit of time to go through probate, because probate could take a long time, particularly if there's no will, can't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I tell you, one of the options I do in practice is that I don't take out probate until we have a sale agreed for the, uh, for the house. And then when we have a sale agreed, I insert that price as the date of debt value. Right. And then you avoid capital gains tax. All right, OK. So it's a legal way of avoiding, not an yeah. illegal way of avoiding, yeah. obviously. Uh, somebody says, uh, can I ask about Wills? If a person is still alive but has been diagnosed properly with dementia and Alzheimer's, uh, the house is in despair, uh, d- disrepair, can the solicitor disclose the beneficiary of the house to spare the, dis- the, the disrepair, oh, to, to obviously get spare cash for the disrepair? Well, the position, it depends on whether the, 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 the ill parent has, has uh, you know, a power of attorney in place or not, or whether they have to be made a ward of court. Because if they have a power of attorney in place, the attorney manages the parent's affairs, legal and property affairs. And basically, the will, unfortunately, is confidential until the, the elderly parent dies. 
the attorney may have possession of the will, but but is not entitled to disclose the contents of the will. Uh, and um, so if, if the parent then has no power of attorney in place, it might have to be made a ward of court. But wards of court are being uh, replaced next year, near, near by new legislation. Uh, it's the new, and it's a new capacity act, and it'll abolish wards of court next year. Okay. So, but uh, that's the general position at the moment. All right. In in relation to people being taken advantage of, because a couple of texts coming in mentioned that, I suppose this whole family feud, because yeah. will, wills, of course, John, I'm sure you're well aware of this because yeah. I was your dealing with it, they yeah. cause great family friction. People fall yeah. out over yeah. wills and yeah. everything else. Yeah. And, and generally, it's usually that one, and I remember a situation many years ago with somebody I knew, where one of the siblings had got into the parents and been, all of a sudden befriended them after a long, yeah. long time yeah. and hadn't even yeah. been on the scene. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden, they got the majority of the money in the will because they, know, had, yeah. they kind of had you know ballyragged an 80 year old into it yeah. so uh, is there anything can be done in those situations can you claim for example that the person of 80 wasn't of sound mind or, or, or what way does that work I mean do people just get away with that sort of stuff well there's two legal issues here one is one is undue influence and one is mental capacity now the first thing to, that if, if someone is in the early stages of Alzheimer's or dementia I always get a doctor to, to say in advance that the, that the parent is well enough to make the will. And uh, so, and because you will need, if someone has dementia and, uh, and the early stage of dementia or Alzheimer's, and if it appears on the death certificate that a, a person had dementia, the probate office require an affidavit from a doctor saying that the elderly parent uh, were, was well enough to make the will uh, when the, the will was At signed. At the time, yeah. Yeah. So that covers mental incapacity. In relation to undue influence, that's very difficult to prove. Now, the only thing, if you go to a solicitor, it's much easier uh, to prove that there was no undue influence because a solicitor is supposed to be aware of any undue influence, is supposed to see the elderly parent on their own and make sure that there is no undue influence. And if necessary, I've seen clients two or three times to make sure that I've got the same instructions uh, on each occasion. Because as you know, if there's undue influence at work, that you know, the instructions could vary from meeting to meeting. So you have to be very careful. And again, mm-hmm. if I have doubts, doubts about if, if there is undue influence, I might get, I might get a doctor's certificate you know, or a medical report. Okay, there's a question here. My sister's been living with my mother. Uh, recently she passed away. She left the house between the two of us, but my sister is still living there. Uh, without being too mean, how can I get her out of the house? <laughs> well, that, that's a problem, there's no, easy, there's no easy answer. I mean, I, I, I mean, it, it may be. I think that there has to be some meeting of minds to, you know, there is there, is there a legal? Plan. Let's say they don't get on. Let's, for argument's sake, say they're not getting on. Um, can she force if the person has been living with the elderly person for a period of time? I mm. suppose can mm. and the, the house is left, say, split between the two of them. Mm. Can the other one say, "Well, I'm sorry, this is both our houses now. Either you give me half of what it's worth, or you get out and we sell it." Well, yeah, I mean, there has to be some agreement reached that they postpone the sale for a year or two years or more, uh, or else there has to be an agreement to sell. If the, and in the absence of agreement, uh, you know, the sister who, who is entitled to the half share and but not living there can go to court and get, a, get an order for the sale of the house. 
Okay, so that, so you'd have to go to court to get an order yeah. of the sale of the house. Yeah. Okay, that's probably I suppose the answer she was looking for. Um, I, I can tell you what, we could be here all day. How long does probate uh, take? Says somebody else. I mean, what is the average length of time for probate, John? Well, I mean, the position is first of all, you need details of all the assets and liabilities at the date of death. Now, to be quite honest, you could get that in four to eight weeks. You then get the probate papers signed. And it's, this, it's taking three months now for, for probate to issue after the papers are lodged in the probate office. So really, if, if everyone is efficient, you could get probate within six months. Unfortunately, if there are queries with the probate papers, it can delay them another month or two months. But certainly, in a straightforward case, it should be possible to get probate within six to nine months. Now, uh, there are complicated cases, obviously, and they may take longer. But unfortunately, there are delays in the probate office, which no one can do anything about. Uh, as I say, it's a minimum of three months uh, yeah. after you lodge the papers. OK, so so set aside in your mind nine months and you're probably in a yeah. bit, right? Uh, special needs wills, somebody else. Is, is this a thing? Uh, oh, I've lost it. Sorry. That's gone on the air. Um... Well, I just on that point, I do a lot of wills for, for parents of children with special needs. I have a brother who's autistic. And you set, it's where you're, a will, this is another reason why you have a will, that you set up a trust and you have two trustees who manage the funds of, say, uh, the child with special needs. And say there's 50,000 or 100,000 in the trust, they would use that money for the benefit of the child with special needs during the I, child's lifetime. I've got this one back. I'll just read out the rest of it. Uh, yeah. Okay. My son is autistic uh, on the lower end of the spectrum. He is currently receives a disability allowance, which he, we keep for him in a yeah. savings account. But we also have a large life insurance policy. How do we go about making special needs will? Well, what would happen is I, w- I would, if possible, see if the, if the set, up, set up a will, first of all, with a trust. Uh, it's called a discretionary trust, and the trustees would be, could be two family members, uh, and they would hold the money on trust for the beneficiary for the beneficiary's lifetime. But you could direct that the life proceeds of the life policy go into the trust. If the proceeds of the life policy don't go into the trust, it'll be means tested and it could affect the, the, the beneficiary's disability allowance. So uh, the, the good news is that if you put any assets into a discretionary trust in a will, they're not means tested because they, the, the, the beneficiary has no legal entitlement to them. Okay, two more questions and then we'll wrap it up because you've been very good the same as John and you've been so efficient answering all these questions. As I said to you, I could spend hours here because they're just the yes. questions are just rolling in. My partner's uncle left his family home and land to a neighbour even though he still has brothers and sisters alive. Can they contest this? The only people who can contest a will are, is a spouse, a partner, our cohabitant, our child. No one else can contest a will unless there was... Uh, undue influence or unless there was uh, mental incapacity. Okay. Um, another one here. We'll see. Uh, well, that's, but that's the same one. Hang on a second. Yeah. Hi, Nan. My mum's mother passed away. Three siblings were left the house split between them. Uh, one wants the house sold. Two don't. Does the house have to be sold or does one sibling have to be bought out? It's, well, it's a bit similar like to what we're talking about. Question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Certainly the wishes of the majority would normally prevail. If that ended up in court, the court would try and follow the wishes of the majority uh, of the siblings. But at the end of the day, the court, if it ended up, would recommend mediation. And that's what I'd say again. Even the three siblings could, could sit down with a mediator and try and sort it out between them.
Okay, because realistically, the last thing you want to do, do, do... By the way, do all wills, when they're contested or when there's a problem or a complication, do they have to go to the High Court or can they go to the Circuit Court? Well, it depends on the value of the, of the, of the, of the assets, but generally most probate cases can now go to the Circuit Court, which means is it, that the, the, the legal fees are reduced from yeah, High Court that's fees. That's what I was going to say, yeah. But, but I, what I'm just saying is that, from my experience, any... any probate case, any case over a will, the court will direct mediation in most cases. And in fact, the solicitors have a duty to recommend mediation to the parties, whether it's a dispute over a will or an estate. Listen, John, it's been amazing to listen to. You're a world of knowledge when it comes to death and dying, <laughs> inheritance and estates well, and wills. Well, by the way, do you have your own will done up there, John? I'm just curious. I have my own will. <laughs> but I should mention, by the way, an enduring power of attorney. For retired people, you know, you need a power of attorney. If, for example, you got a stroke or Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, a family member to manage your affairs if you become unwell. So an enduring power of attorney is relevant for, you know, retired people. Yeah. I, well, look, it, it is an important conversation because I know there's many couples around the country and, and you could be 30 years of age or only just married. It's important to do a will. It's a really uncomfortable conversation to have with your partner. But it's something that really needs to be done because if there's no will, it sometimes can be a problem. So it is really worth doing and worth talking about. Listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you coming on the air. John Costello, solicitor with Orpen Franks and specialising in wills and administration of estates. Thanks very much indeed. Appreciate it. Thanks, Niall. Thanks. There you go. Uh, okay, now... By the way, if you have any other questions, by the way, you can contact Open Franks themselves. That's O R P E N. All right, if you have any other questions, because look, there was hundreds and hundreds of questions coming in there. I couldn't read them all out. I'm sorry, I went through as many as I could as quickly as I could, uh, because obviously I didn't want to keep John too long. But if you have any other questions or ones, there was a lot of questions that came in. They were a lot more complicated. They were telling us almost a life story. I, I wouldn't have the time to do that in the air and they get very complicated too to answer. But if you want to contact John yourself or Open Franks, I'm sure they will be happy to answer those questions for you or give you any kind of advice or arrange a consultation for you to talk to them. Anyway, get a will done. That's the message sent out today. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Nile Boylan Show. Oh.